Hey, welcome to Village Church Q&A. I'm Amanda, and I'm here with Pastor Michael. And today we're going to be discussing how does the Bible define spiritual leadership in the home? This, okay, spiritual leadership in the home is one of the most loaded terms ever. Right, (laughs) So, right. If you were to line up a thousand Christian wives and say, tell me, what does spiritual leadership look like? They're going to have 1,800 words, unbelievable amounts of expectations, right? And so you're going to have the ones who believe in spiritual leadership. Then you're going to have a completely other different group of Christian women who are going to say, I don't believe in spiritual leadership in the home. We are co-leaders in the home. And so any sense of uh, biblical hierarchy, like um, the husband is the leader of the family, anything like that, they're going to just totally throw out, despite Mm. even what scripture says. That doesn't even matter. It's like, just doesn't exist. Okay. So um, we're going to, we're going to take the position here that there is, there is um, something uh, in a Christian home about spiritual leadership from men that God expects of them. But even as I say that, there are people who are already checked out and they're gone because they are sick of the patriarchy and all the loaded hmm. stuff on here. And husbands might even click on this and be like, okay, man, tell me the to-do list of all the ways that I am not living up to be the godly man that I'm supposed to be. So what I hope I hope we can accomplish in these few minutes is number one, we can take a whole bunch of wives who are criticizing and complaining about their husbands and we can just help them lighten up a little bit. Yep. Number two, which actually would make them a whole lot happier. I think so. Also, <laughs> I think it would make yeah. them happier to know that the if they can look at their husbands and say, yep. "I was well intentioned, but I definitely imposed things on you mm. that were bigger and broader than the Bible actually explicitly teaches." So mm. there's that. Um, then I hope that that maybe the net effect of this would be there'd be some husbands who'd be like, "I can do that." Mm. In fact, I think I'm, I think I'm like trying really hard to like love her in this way, Hmm. you know? So, all right, I'm going to give three categories. I'm going to focus on New Testament because the Old Testament doesn't really categorize what is a masculine responsibility to lead versus a feminine. I mean, so that's a whole different discussion. Um, But I'm going to give three simple categories. And these are things I can point to explicitly. Number one, husbands are called to love their wives as Christ loved the church. And the definition of this is sacrifice. So in Matthew chapter 20, uh, Jesus sets the foundation for what biblical leadership is. And he contrasts this with the leadership of the world. It's interesting, most Christian homes, uh, the way they're defining leadership often is pretty worldly, Mm. um, pretty dominance oriented, pretty much like do what I say oriented, which, so let's let Jesus like define this in Matthew 20. Um, verse 25 to 28, Jesus called to his disciples. They said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. Here's what he says. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the son of man, the greatest leader ever came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So here's what I would, I would look at every marriage and say, number one, spiritual leadership in the home um, is a husband who is sacrificially serving and loving his wife for her good. 
Um, he finds ways to lighten her load, to give her rest. Uh, if you have kids, that's a whole different life stage. Um, he does as much as he can to love and serve her so that she can experience being loved and cherished, but also be given the space to spiritually thrive and grow. So I would look at a husband and just a wife and just say, all right, are you, what are you giving up time, energy, money to bless her? Um, ideally it's ways that are, are helping her grow spiritually, refresh physically, et cetera. Um, but this is spiritual leadership. This is where it all begins. And this has nothing to do with decision-making authority. It's interesting. He says, mm. great ones, the world, they're all clamoring for who gets to make the final decision. Mm. Um, the first, the first burden of a spiritual leader is my job is to die for you every day to wake up, to love you, to serve you, to promote you, to put your needs above my own. And this is my mission as the leader of this home. Any definition that doesn't start there, fundamentally flawed and I hate it. Yeah. And it's a really big job though. And then if you do yeah. have children, it just multiplies. Right. <laughs> You're just sacrificing for it more. It does. It's interesting too, when you have, when you have kids and I, I, I mean, my wife's going to watch this and she's going to be like, oh, um, I wish I could go back and talk to myself um, like right now, what I know now, and I could tell myself while my wife is pregnant with her first, um, hey, can I just orient you for a little while here? Whatever whatever sacrificial love looked like, okay, um, before you had kids, because before you have kids, you can love and then there can be a response. Like there's a mutuality of sacrificial love that yeah. should exist in a marriage. It kind of goes back, it goes and, back forth. and forth. It's a little bit more even. Yeah. That's done when you have kids. Yeah. Like there is like a, uh, depending on how many you have, right? We had three kids and I, I basically say there's, there probably is like an eight year hiatus of expectations because this woman's entire body is being given to creating, growing and feeding life. Mm -hmm. And it's just, a, it's just a different burden altogether. And so when, when a husband is married to somebody who is birthing, making and giving children, that just you just, you have young children. You have to lay down the expectation of reciprocity. Mm. Um, you shouldn't have that anyways, right? In a healthy marriage, you'll get it. But like you, you love despite what you get back. Right. Yeah. And, and again, I know that's hard and it's excruciating, but like when, when you have little kids at home, um, you, you're making sometimes a, a five to 10 year investment of getting very little back from someone who doesn't have anything to give. Mm. And so it's interesting in, in preaching, when we talk about spiritual disciplines, you got to pray and have your quiet time. We always give this excursus of, unless you have kids, mm. because you don't get rhythms when you have kids. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Time is not your own. You right. actually, a lot of times can't make your own decisions. You Correct. can try, but somehow they always appear and right. you're like, well, I had great intentions and then my day blew up, you yeah. know, and then you're just constantly disappointed in yourself. Yep. So, amen. Well, and if, and okay, let's give it like a, maybe a not so stream example, mm -hmm. because again, I'm just thinking about all these marriages that we've engaged with and. Yeah. If you married somebody who's an entitled brat and who's like, mm -hmm, serve me, like, and they just sit at home and they get pampered all day. Mm. I'm sorry. That's your lot. Um, this is why men need to be choose very carefully that they marry women of character. Mm. Uh, they marry women who have a proven track record of Christ likeness and sacrificial love. And a lot of guys find themselves in these positions where they don't have any kids or the kids are out of the house and their wives are entitled. And yeah. unfortunately you don't get to, not sacrificially love somebody because they're an entitled brat. Mm. You know, you're mm -hmm. still obligated to do your end mm. with no promise whatsoever that they're ever going to stop being entitled. And there are a handful of men that we know that find themselves in this situation. And my counsel to them is you love them and you sacrifice for them. Mm. And true love 
really true Christ-like love loves despite what you don't get. And you got to figure that out. So number one, sacrificial love. Number two in scripture, uh, spiritual leadership in the home is about spiritual responsibility. And so what you do is you, you can't control everything your wife and your kids do, but you, you take responsibility for your family. And before God, you're both going to be responsible for what you do, but it's striking you all the way back to the garden of Eden. Mm. And by every measure, Eve is sinning and Adam is responsible. Mm. And that to me, it's so striking. It is a, a paradigm that the pattern set in the garden is brought into the new Testament by the apostle Paul. And he looks to the garden as the pattern of things. And so we can't get away from what happens in Genesis one, two, and three, uh, as if that was back then, it, it seems to be in the new Testament, the pattern created between Adam and Eve is still the pattern for today. And, and uh, to this day, you read the book of Romans, who bears responsibility for the fall of humanity. It's mm-hmm. Adam. And you could make a case while the serpent is, tricking Eve. He's sitting there and just being like, oh, that's a good idea. Eve, not, not doing anything. We don't know. Yeah, It actually doesn't say what he was doing or not doing. We, we assume he was aware, but maybe he wasn't. doesn't matter. Mm. At the end of the day, the husband takes not sole, but unique responsibility. So when God disciplined Adam and Eve, both of them were disciplined. But in the New Testament, Adam bears the, the we'll say the, um, legacy weight of Mm. the fall in the garden. Mm. And so that's where a husband just says, you know what, I'm responsible for what happens here. And so I want to make sure that I'm thinking about the direction of our home and whatnot. But does that mean that he's got to do devotions every night? That's that's the interesting thing. Like the Bible doesn't say anything about who gets to teach their kids the Bible. Um, it just doesn't say that. Right. What if the the wife has the gift of teaching? What if that is right. her like spiritual yes. gift? What if a wife has the gift of, of leadership? Uh, mm. So can she lead? Yes. Mm. Um, in terms of setting direction and vision and different things. But by the way, when you're at work all day, there's a lot of like dads with married with kids at home. Yeah. And your wife is more available during the day. She's leading all day long. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's somebody has to. Somebody <laughs> has to. And yeah. Anyway, so like as soon as you start saying spiritual leadership is providing mm-hmm. vision for our home, well, A, that's not what the Bible says. I'm not saying it's unbiblical. I'm right. just saying it's not explicitly stated that way. Mm. Um, and I think you have to work pretty hard to infer it. And so um, I think somebody needs to take some, like somebody needs to exercise leadership. I think both people should exercise leadership in that way. Mm. But at the end of the day, the husband steps back and says, I'm, I'm just going to take responsibility for what's happening here. I know before God, I'm going to bear a unique responsibility, mm. but I'll, I'll make a, an analogy. Um, I'm the lead pastor here at Village Church and from a staff ministry execution side, I mean, I report to the elders, but like um, I take responsibility for what happens, but there's a lot that happens. I have no idea what it is. And so for me to be responsible does not mean that I have to be the one to execute or even come up with most of the ideas. Mm. Or even sometimes even know what goes on. I'm, I'm struck by how much I don't know yeah. that actually happens in this place. Yep. And so responsibility is about ownership, uh, but it does not mean that you have to be the one to do everything. So um, that every couple, got, they have to kind of get together and figure that out. Yep. So the last one is what I would call spiritual parenting. And so spiritual leadership um, does take responsibility. Uh, scripture identifies that fathers are uniquely disciplining their children. Now, does that mean? Mothers can't discipline their children. No. I wish. <laughs> My goodness. Right? Yeah, right? Well, I can't do anything. What's your right. father? Tell me to be a bad guy. Discipline you all um, but there seems to be a, a responsibility that it's happening correctly with discipline 
and with prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, does this mean that the wife doesn't pray or doesn't lead prayer or whatever? It's just that the husband is going to take responsibility for these things to ensure that they're happening in a good way. And I think um, everybody understands that there is a different tone when a present, decent father disciplines. Mm-hmm. So this has been, again, I'm not going to speak for 100%, um, but I, I can say that uh, my kids listen to me differently than they listen to my wife. Mm-hmm. And this is a story told, by the way, over and yep. over and over and over and over and mm-hmm. over and over again. And there is something about masculinity um, where discipline is received a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is something about the strength of men also that typically like some of this lands a little differently. Um, some people may not like that, but I'll tell you. I agree. Anecdotally. <laughs> There's a finality to whatever my yep. husband says where it's like, okay, got it. You know, yep. whereas me, it's like, there's a little give. I think mom, if I can, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's funny when you go back to the book of Genesis, there's a, the, the word for man, it's, it's striking. And uh, the word is ish. And ish means strong. And the word is actually a description of what the guy looked like. Mm. And, and so when, when God's like, is again, his name's Adam and Eve, but like the name man, woman, right? So ish. And then the name for woman is isha. And it means soft, soft. <laughs> because not fat, right. but like gentle and soft, like even biologically, mm-hmm. physically, the demeanor that is that is exists between the two. Now, again, are there going to be some little soft men married to big beefy women? <laughs> yes, that happens. Do not ever say big <laughs> beefy women. Whatever. You know what I mean? Like they're like bodybuilders. You know what I mean? They're like, like no. But what do you do when your wife's a bodybuilder? Okay. Right? Like yeah. that yeah. happens. Okay. And so, uh, sorry. All right. Uh, we'll keep that one. <laughs> we'll keep that one. But no, you get the point. Like. But it still does. It still doesn't change that with masculinity and fatherhood comes an inherent authority. When I want to say this, mm. when the dad is good and present. Now, if the dad's in and out of the lives, that just messes everything up. But like, yeah. like this is the thing. So um, understanding that when it comes to discipline and prayer, that the dads are going to lead uniquely in these ways, but exclusively, no. And it actually doesn't say anything about praying with your wife. Mm. I mean, think about the things it doesn't say. Mm. I'm not saying you shouldn't. Those are good right. things. Say, it says pray together, but it doesn't say like the man goes and like he's right. the instigator of we all these conversations. all of these things. Yeah. And uh, I just, I want to be really slow to infer mm. because when you infer, you put unnecessary burdens. This is what, by the way, the Pharisees did is they had the law and then they had the inference, inference and application of the law. Well, they had thousands of extra commandments that you had to do that weren't there, but they were inferred. Mm. And the moment you start taking inferential ideas and imposing them as law on everyone, oh, you're going to exhaust everybody. Yep. Like maybe your husband isn't leading because he's like tired. He can't keep up with the to-do list that yep. all you Christian women mm. and every book you've read is like importing onto them. It's like, give the dude a break. Yep. Yep. Sacrificial love, take responsibility and lead with discipline and prayer. Like th- that that is something that a man can grow into. Yeah. Um, so, I, I love the three basic things. I yep. think the men can get behind this too. And I for the so women, too. you know, it's just bending our minds. And it's great because it's into a place where the Lord is like, hey, take those extra, yeah. you know, expectations and barriers off or, yep. you know, stop making him feel guilty and yep. really accept 
you know, where he is and yeah. and wait for his growth. Just like him, I, I have to grow. I have to yeah. wait for my own growth. I can't yeah. just, I want to be so many things. And yeah. it's like, hasn't happened yet. Give the dude a break and he'll give you a break, <laughs> statistically speaking. Oh my goodness. All right. Yeah. So we have another question that's yeah. related to this. And that is, what if my wife won't let me lead spiritually? 